Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is actor, director, producer, writer, Paul Johansson. He is a very charismatic and caring individual, and I've had the pleasure of recently spending three months in Mexico working with him on a movie called God is a Bullet. You can find him on Instagram at P to the Johan. Paul Johansson, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Wow. Did you feel that energy? Yeah, I did. Do you know how long we've known each other? Did you figure it out? I think I met you on the set of John Q. Is that true? Or was I thought it, it was earlier because I was at playing a basketball. Yeah, game. we were playing. Yeah, we had no, all the mutual playing. friends. Well, you know, yes. you were. That's right. That's I was right. not playing. I was attending some of those uh-huh. games, but you I were. was not playing. Yeah, so the, the Entertainment League in Hollywood had was like at that time. Was it what year do you think that was? Like 93, 94, 95 in that era? Something like that. It yeah. was the most probably like, um, <laughs> it was like nowadays it's, you know, I don't even think they even do it anymore, but it was like every big star in the world was yeah. playing. We all loved basketball, and we all thought we were good. But the difference was, I was good. You, you were good. <laughs> well, you, really, were, you were a bit yeah. of a ringer. I was, but I was also like the cockiest, most testosterone-filled human being you ever met. But, and I needed to win all the time. Okay, but as far as being, when I say ringer, 
you played for a national Olympic team. I did. I played for the Canadian national team, and so I was in I... the national championship game in college at the University of British Columbia, and you know, I was a first team All Canadian, and I was a if like yeah. if if an actor who let's be honest, most actors maybe even if they look super athletic are not actually athletic certainly not in the 90s yeah um, do you want to give any examples or do you want to no, lose friends i don't want to out anybody <laughs> but i just want to say like it's true you're an actor you like playing basketball maybe you watched like white men can't jump and you were like i can jump like that kind of guy and then they're playing part you. of white men can jump was I, and i think i think ron shelton will leave it admit this i used to play basketball with ron at the ymca which was like George Clooney and all the guys we all played there um and uh there was a move in the in the in the movie which they called the PJ ah and they I when they were on set you, well a lot of my friends were in the movie because we all played with Ron and Ron brought all his buddies in but he did well because Ron knew me because we I, you'd catch the ball and the guy standing behind you could feel him and you'd throw the ball behind him and you and spin the other direction and meet the ball right underneath the hoop right and it was kind of like a trick move that I'd learned on the streets playing you know, um, but did you did you have a moment where like because I don't think I have any idea of anybody who's on any other than, you know, now the U.S. team is all very, very famous people. Right, right, right. So course. but back in the 90s, I would have known the U.S. team because it was all famous people yeah, from the 92 Dream Team yeah, for Barcelona. But right. I would not have known a single person. So if you show up at these games, do you feel a little bit like you're cheating? Um, well, the thing about actors is, okay. and you know this because yeah. you're one, we, the, the best actors. Okay, so when you're little and you're playing Cowboys and Indians or whatever game you're playing with your friend, soldier, whatever you're playing, you you totally commit as a child to like, oh, you got me, and you fall over and you do a great death. The whole thing about acting is playing. So when you're playing basketball, your actors are really totally committed to believing they're good and this is going to sound really bad, but even if they're not, because our job as actors, when we walk in and I'm playing a doctor on this movie, well, I'm the best doctor you've ever been to. Right. Or I'm a cop. It's like, I've solved all the cases. I don't lose. Right. It's like you really commit. So as a basketball, when you do things, you play chess with your friends or, you know, you're you know, even if you're trying to like, you know, make time with a girl in a, on a date, it's like you really kind of like, I don't know. I think there's something like about commitment to the moment that actors have, like that muscle's really strong. Yeah. I don't know if that commitment, like I, the date thing works out too well. That one's probably the worst example. I No, no. I think it's a great example, and it was highlighted by, uh, and I don't want to say anybody's name, but an actor friend of ours who challenged you to ten. Right. And but this, by the way, this was when we were nobody had a nickel to their name. No, we were we were, we were poor we were actors. Poor actors, <laughs> and you were challenged to ten thousand points per th free throw. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars per right. free throw. Uh, no, a three point throw. Yeah. That's like I, I don't yeah. even know anything about it. Yeah. But like, I remember sitting there going, not even knowing you played, but just looking at you. And my friend, who was in that mode of yeah. like convinced and like being a basketball Total player, commitment. yeah, and going like that's such a bad idea, yeah. dude. I but didn't I, take the bet. No, you wouldn't. You're well, a stand-up guy. I, I just felt it would have cost a friendship, you know. And right. I, I loved him, even though we were we were. You know, it's funny. Our our another friend that I will mention, Nick Cassavetes, who's sure. done your podcast, who is not only a good actor, but he's a, a you know we, we just both worked with the film, uh, him on a film in Mexico. Um, he and I met. Um, on a well, one of the first times we met was on a basketball court, and we were 
in the Valley, and there was lots of really good ex-NBA players and really good players, college players, and we were in the prime of our kind of like physical, you know, I think he was like 25, I was 20, no, he's 26 or something, I was 23 or 24, and we hated each other. Yeah. We, he threw elbows, he cut me in the chin, I'd shoot one in his belly or step on his foot or whatever, and we battled the whole movie, or the whole movie. It was a pickup game, the whole game, and at the end of the game- it was like a movie. We were gonna, yeah, we were gonna throw fists at one point, and he ended up becoming like my dearest friend. Yeah. It was just the, it's like when you're in battle, you're in battle. And it's kind of like, you know, the way that we, our, our minds, I think, as athletes, it's kind of like going to war, you know. And by the way, I take nothing away from our real soldiers who was, you know, that's, but I think the the idea being that you, you full commitment. Yeah. Full commitment. Like your workouts when you post and you say, killed my, um, clone. Killed my clone. Yes. There's something inside of me that lights on fire when I see that. And it's just a little spark that goes, oh, I better get to the gym. Like he's doing better than me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I get motivated. I want to do a post where I'm reading a book and talk about how the clone can also be defeated by intellect. Like it, it you know, I, I need to give that that. Give idea me a, a small example nuance. of that. Give me a small example. Like any any improvement is the act of killing the clone. Anything. So a diet like, choice. A diet choice. Um, taking the stairs up a building instead of taking the elevator ten feet. Sure. Any any way that you are better than you were 24 hours ago. Reading is a good example of yeah. enhancing your life or gaining more knowledge or working on some part of yourself. It doesn't have to be the gym. I post the gym a lot because, honestly, because I'm a very old homebody who doesn't do a whole hell of a lot that's exciting. And so like, if I find myself where sometimes the only time I leave my house is to go to the gym. Otherwise, it's like, what do I do? What's my day? I come here. I go to the gym. I go to the grocery store. I hang out with my wife and kids. Like, that's what I do. You just did three months in Mexico. Yes. Working unbelievable hours. Yes. In in tattoos that had to be put on and taken off several times a day. I mean, it was. it's like, you know, the, and when even the scenes that we did together, the intellectual, the, the emotional, spiritual commitment to those moments was um, taxing. Yes. Deeply taxing. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is, yes. So you earn this time. Yeah. Right? I like to, I mean, yes, there's also work. I don't know. Work, sometimes I'm a little bit weirded out about bringing a phone onto work and like, well, I don't bring a phone to the set. Yeah. I leave it in my trailer just out of respect for the process. Sure, I think yeah. that's I think that's a very wise yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of it's out of seeing the frustration it's created with other people, and you know, the lack of engagement and ideas that could happen spontaneously. You know, yeah. when you're interacting. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, the only time I've heard about sets. Um, like I heard that uh, from friends that Better Call Saul was a phone-free set. Yeah. And I I'd know. like it to be a, a, a business rule, you know? Yeah. You know, unless I've, you have I've, children and you need to be contacted. But that's you, the thing. you could then even give your phone to a PA or yeah. something and, and I mean, say, this is the only time. Yeah. Like, you can, you know, the phones are so smart now. You can make a do not disturb other than a few numbers that can right. then get through. Um, but the temptation of having it there is the problem for me. Like, I need to, because I will check. You know, I've got other business. I'm a producer. I'm a director. I'm a dad. I'm a... You know, I've got things going, like you. It's like I want to, and if it's there, I'm going to check. So yeah. that's why I leave it in the room. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I uh, only, I, the only place that I'm 
with my phone doing something that is applicable to the idea of self-improvement is the gym. When I'm at home, I try to, and my kids would probably listen to this and go, you're lying, you're on your phone all the time. I hope to not be I've seen you at the phone. gym, I've never seen you with the phone at the gym. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. It's always in my pocket. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. I've always had a question for you that is a bit personal. Okay. Am I allowed to go there? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna check and make sure nobody can hit me from behind. Um, it's not that personal, but it's it's something that I've always wondered about you because we've been friends a long time, and I've seen you at your biggest. Yes. And I've seen you like now, supermodel, you know, two piecer. Yes. At the beach, flaunting, you know. Um, still wear a t-shirt. At the <laughs> still beach. wear a t-shirt yeah. when you swim. Oh yeah. Why? You know, look. Here's why, for real. Um, I have dieted to the point where every vein in my abdomen is visible. I have perfectly deep lines in my abs that you could like stick, lose a pencil in between my abs. And that for me is not sustainable. I cannot maintain that level of leanness for a long period of time. My body starts to fight it and go like, um, this is really hard. It's also not natural right. to maintain that over a long period. Sure. It needs to be. So then when I go to maintenance and I go like, oh, here's the food that like is the right amount of food for my size body. You have that down to an absolute science now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I don't even have to measure shit really anymore. You know, I look at packages like I look, I measure rice, I measure potatoes, stuff like that. But like my proteins, my veggies, it's all eyeballed. Fats are eyeballed. Um, but when I when I eat that way for like life, the 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 veins kind of disappear, the depth in the abs goes away. I can still see abs with overhead lighting, and if I flex, they explode out, right? But that, to me, is like, I don't know, it feels a little bit disappointing to me. So when you're at the beach and you wear a shirt, there is shame? What is it? It's just, I mean, I also have a bunch of scars that I'm uncomfortable with. Who's going to see them? Your skin. kids? Your no, wife? My, my kids and my wife, I don't give a shit about them. They're <laughs> probably sick of looking at me topless <laughs> in our house. Um, but at the beach with other people, and then, like, I just don't. I, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm being looked at, really. And I feel like if I take my shirt off, it. I have a lot of, like, disfigurement to look at. It's probably... But you've had some work done on this extra skin. Yeah. And that heals and it looks good. I mean, I, you know, What's well, I, I think it I think it can. I, uh, I had these surgeries in 2008. Mm-hmm. And then gained a lot of weight and mm-hmm. stretched it out, stretched the scars okay. out, stretched the skin back out. So now I have loose skin. I don't have nearly the amount of loose skin that I had prior to the surgeries, but I, I did do that. Well, so I guess where I was going with this. Yes. We never I cut you off. Sorry. No, I don't mind. It's because I was always curious about you particularly because I've known you. Yeah. And I've seen the different versions that you've become. Sure. And so I was always wondering, what was the day, the moment when you said, I can't live like this anymore. 
it was um, I was in Romania. I had uh, just had like a bizarre, uncomfortable conversation with Jim Caviezel, but was also thinking about my life in the future. Hadn't really thought about the future a lot. Had kind of been living day to day or just like, what am I doing right now? And that's what I'm happy to do. I'm not thinking like, do I want to have kids? I kind of had this abstract idea of like, yes, kids are wonderful. I'd like to have kids, but no thought into how am I going to be with kids? How's my energy going to be? Like, I wasn't thinking in those terms was seeing a girl who for all intents and purposes had never made any reference to my body in a negative way. And um, I started thinking about her. I like arrived in Romania and was thinking about her in the future. And like, how does this go with her if I don't change? And I think I really believed in that moment. Like the, the path with her is very short lived if I don't make a radical adjustment, not based on anything that she's done. And so it was that idea of like, oh, I could have a really nice life, an, a life I've never really believed I could have. And it's right here. And it just requires me making an adjustment to myself. And that was it. But don't we all have those moments where we go, if I don't change, nothing will change. And then we start and then we pull back let me start and how many times did you oh so many times i mean so, oh, but so, the, no okay. there was never the there was only in the in the last 20 years because this is over 20 years ago now that that idea occurred to me right there was only one moment where i went i'm gonna gain weight like there was one moment and i was uh not much different i mean I didn't have the same muscle mass that I have now, but I was probably even lighter than I am now. And I was just kind of like, I was having, uh, it, it was like a, a, a computation based around the idea of work. And it was like, I was working so much more heavier. Maybe I should just stop working on being thin and gain weight and see what happens. And like, I started eating whatever I wanted, gaining weight and got a TV show that I was very happy with and then talked to the producers and they were like, you don't have to be big. Like if you want to lose weight, go ahead. And I was like, Oh great. And started working out in the middle of this TV show and haven't looked back. Well, I, I, I one thing really rings to me and it's or never, it's another revelation in our friendship. I just learned today that you're romantic. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we have political conversations and really philosophical conversations. Sure. But we've never, but I've never realized that you're actually a romantic. Yeah. A lot of the process for you was not wanting to be alone. You found this girl and you thought about that relationship, as you just said in your words. And you, it was one of the, you know, the impetus for making you I want think, to change. I think it was the, the, it was the first time, like, yes, I, I don't like being alone. I, um, like, I don't mind a long car ride or a road trip by myself. My kids go to school in Oregon. I drive up to see them quite a bit. That's a long drive. Yeah. And I don't mind that because I'll put a book on and 
on Audible or something and listen to the whole book, right? Or load up. You can download Audible on your. Sorry. Right. So no, you can do yeah. advertisement. I for wish you. they were. Uh, I, <laughs> Audible, a sponsor yeah. of American Glutton. By the way, the, there's uh, <laughs> something in Audible where you get like you win. Rewards. I'm on Audible. I have like 50 books. On and there. and do you yeah. get the little prizes? Like you've listened to, you like get mm. a badge. And I started getting all these badges because I was yeah. crushing books on Audible. Um, going back, this was before really the uh, the pandemic. Because once the pandemic happened, my kid's school got locked down, and it was like, no, you can't come visit them every weekend now. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't like being alone, and I I have a lot of friends, and so I had a very good group of people that I was very happy with. But there was no, and and they had had interventions with me a number of times, like, hey, we're worried about you. Um, we 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 want to see you do better because we want you around, and right. it just never. It never stuck because I, I, you know, I never saw, I couldn't get ahead to a point where I was like, my relationship with my friends, unless I'm going back to drugs or something like that, it's never going to deteriorate based on my health. They're always going to be there as my friends, right? But when I put it into the context of um, a really intimate relationship, it's like, when you're living with somebody and depending on them, you're depending on them for more than friendship. Friendship is a factor, but yeah. you know, I, I like saw a universe where I stayed that weight. And then the girl who's now my wife was like asking me to take the trash out. And I was having trouble doing that because of my weight. And I was like, that doesn't work, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, well, I was notably, you said something that's interesting and it is, is it, and this is sort of the chicken and the egg thing, is it the psychology of the person that has made them let that weight get out of control? Or is it the weight that's gotten out of control that has created the psychology in the person to make them the personality that they are? Does that, you know what I'm saying? Totally. I don't know if it's an either or, or if it can't be a mixture of the two. Um, you know, it, it, it it does scare me a bit in this day and age where we, and I mean societally, seem to be leaning into this idea of self-improvement is hard and um, can cause a lot of emotional turmoil and we need to safeguard against the propensity for emotional turmoil. Therefore, these avenues of self-improvement should be thwarted. Does that make sense to you? It does. And we had a conversation on the San Mexico that was similar, if you don't, if you remember. And I was sort of fighting. I think we both like the Stoics. We're sure. huge. We talked about Marcus Aurelius yeah. and the writings of them. We both sort of, I mean, you achieve it much better than I do. I'm, um, I'm a, you know, I've always been known by my friends as being volatile and emotional and this. And so I actually took that on as sort of a journey for myself when I became a father. Yeah. Because I'm a much, much calmer, more normal, like, human being around my son than I am in, like, when I'm out playing basketball or I'm doing other things or, you know. I've seen that. Something. I've actually seen that. That is a very um, ob objectively uh, 
obvious thing, like to, to observe very well, It was a choice because yeah. my dad was an ex-NHL hockey star who was an alcoholic and, you know, and, you know, very, very, you know, kind of that uh, dogmatic religious where there was no tolerance of anything else. And, you know, um, you know, interestingly enough, you know, he was a very supportive of my athletic career and would like, you know, was like always told me that a steak and potato before a meal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, I mean, I had a tremendous amount of success as an athlete. You know, which shaped my personality because, in a weird way, I think that it it drove me to want to be fit all the time. Because uh, one, psychologically, my success kept my family together. Yeah. They would come see me play. They would come to my games. They would come see me get an award or a, you know whatever it was. It was like there was a lot of newspaper articles and attention and TV and stuff brought as a as a young man that made brought some glory to me but more importantly in my psychology was um it stopped them from fighting it stopped them my dad from whatever it was it was like there was calmness when i was doing well when i wasn't doing well it seemed to always so i was like oh, you know i need to achieve yeah and so i think what that bled into when i got away from my family and moved off to college and then moved to you know hollywood was the idea that you know success was the was wasn't about like you know it was more about, you know, sort of for others than it was for me. Like I was trying to, you know, keep the, <laughs> keep the, um, how do you explain it? I guess. Kind no, of, no, I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there's external dynamics at play. Right. Yeah, and yeah. if you hold on to some, some position, whether right. some, some point of view or structure, yeah. you can therefore affect the external Right. It's the only dynamics. control you have. Exactly. Yeah. And the fear of failure was way more powerful than the wanting of success. Yeah. You know, so it was sort of that dynamic. But but when I got, like, when I got older and I got, now, I mean, in the last 15 years, I've had both hips replaced. Right. I've had my wrist replaced. By the way, just as an aside, I always thought you were a badass because I was with you not long after the hip replacement. You were doing deadlifts. Yeah. Straight leg deadlifts, which is a hip movement, yeah. which, which I was just like... PJ, are you fucking sure we should be doing that? And you're like, I'm told it's fine. Yeah, you know, I had, uh, you know, I had in my head the idea that I mean, I was already starting at that age to start to get thick yeah. around the, the midsection, which was for me in a weird way. Even when I look at myself, even when I'm thin, I'm repulsed, and I don't know where it comes from. I'm, I mean, I, 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 in my home, I have like one mirror. Right. And it's aimed away from, like, you know, so you can't see yourself. You have to, like, um, and it's just, I can't walk past a mirror and be happy, yeah. even in my very best. And so uh, the thickness started to come, um, you know, right after I got my hips replaced because I stopped really jogging and running. It was actually a few years before that because I had to, because it was so much pain in my hips from, now my hips were mostly destroyed because of a car accident I was in when I was 16. So there was damage to my hips, um, and they never grew properly after that. I was hit by a drunk driver, incidentally. And so um, even though my basketball career really kind of picked up because I taught myself how to play left-handed because my right hand was destroyed, so I was ambidextrous for a lot of my career, um, which really helped. But again, that's a psychological I have to overcome. I have to overcome, yeah. which is kind of like imprinted in me as that sort of like that kind of an athlete mentality. Um, but... The damage for me was that I started to get, you know, mentally I started to really hate my body yeah. because I couldn't do what I wanted it to do. And so like what we've talked about and which we have mutual friends that talk about living with pain 
and still going to the gym, living with pain and still going on that mountain bike ride, living with pain and taking your kid hiking or whatever it is. And you have to, you know, when you get into the, you know, the beginning is the hardest part. And then when you're in sort of in the middle of it, you're kind of like in that um, euphoric high of the exercise where you're kind of like, okay, this isn't so bad. And then you're getting back to the car or whatever it is you get in the or the next day and you're like, you're suffering. Yeah. You're in pain. Now, you know, we have opiate crises. We have like, you know, these BS energy drinks and these other things that are healers. That stuff doesn't work. We're inflamed. Our bodies are inflamed. And I've never been able to come up with other than cryotherapy, anything that works for me other than ice. For pain. For pain. The yeah. only thing that works on me is cryotherapy. So, you know, I working out isn't just working out now it's recovery yeah and recovery for me is just as important as going to the gym yeah you know have you found though that like given your periods of time did i just do like a hard right to a different subject no no <laughs> okay. i don't think so yeah, yeah. like have you have you found and he, he, this is the thing i i would wonder about in hearing this um there was a period where you weren't going to the gym and is the pain better for going to the gym? Yeah. That 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 would it's be lessened. my assumption. Right. Yeah. Well, muscular pain is different than arthritic pain. Sure. And and there's then just general malaise and other pain. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Pains that you get, you know, that happen through your body. But yeah, I I prefer muscular pain. Yeah. In fact, I sometimes look forward to it. Don't yeah, you? totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I did a. There was a. I'm I'm cutting. It, now. Is is it is it um, the? Um, I think what I remember is the muscular pain is usually um, uh, lactic acids and other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes. And micro tears, which you're trying to rebuild, and all those things. But like I've found that even. Like the, if I if I do two weeks off or two weeks super low volume in the gym, when I come back and increase the volume a lot, after the first week everything has pain, 
and then it, and then I don't get that anymore. Right. And then it's gone. Once right. I'm into the habit of whatever volume I'm doing in the gym, I don't get those delayed onset muscle soreness symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, a credit and, and to and the human them. body and its adaptability, and and you know why we're supposed to, you know, yeah, keep moving. Yeah, I think there's got to be like clearly the body deteriorates with time, right? And yeah. So I have some. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you just said the word. Um, the inflammation in the joints. Mm-hmm. Arthritis. Arthritis. I have some arthritis in my right hip. I have something wrong with the patella tendon in my knee. Like walking downstairs is painful on that knee. Walking upstairs is great. I can walk upstairs all day long. I would rather take an elevator down uh, because I get pain in my knee. And in fact, if I sit with my knee bent for five minutes it starts to hurt like mm-hmm. none of this keeps me out of the gym because when i go to the gym all of that disappears and then i just have fatigue and muscle soreness which is something that i prefer to the other pains i, I love feeling my body but what i don't like feeling is arthritis yeah you know and it is it's it's i'm sure so many people suffer from it especially if you've carried body weight your whole life yeah because it's you know it's just tough on on the joints yeah you know and that's one thing that is is you know there's you know if you've replaced a meniscus or anything like that these things are they're, they're terribly painful you know but they're necessary to continue to keep moving because the alternative would be you know uh you know not moving yeah and once you stop moving that is entropy man you're going the wrong direction forever yeah. you've got to move you've got to get up even if it's just like you know, my son and I live three blocks from, you know, the store. We don't drive. You yeah. Know? It's a walk or he's on a scooter or whatever. It's like we just, we there's a rule. We don't drive to the store. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just to keep, it's like one of those things to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. My wife likes walking to the store too. I then have to carry everything back. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're designed as, as as you know we're we're, we're, we're you and I are just lugs. Where we it's just are like smash something or carry something. Yeah. Or Do you know when I fire? first came to Hollywood in in nineteen? Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I used to go into auditions back when auditions were in person. You know, sure. you can Way remember back, back to like four years ago. Yeah. But I used to go into auditions. I used to keep, make myself look shorter. Really? Yeah, I used to, I used to wear like clothes that would make me look thinner, like solid colors, dark solid colors, which is kind of probably imprinted in our brains, right? And I would go into the audition, and I would always try to be short because I always thought that my size—I'm six two and a half, you know—I'm two hundred and twenty-five pounds of pure Canadian anger. Yeah. And you know, it's like I walk in the audition, and I thought I would intimidate. I actually got feedback when I first came to Hollywood. It was like they were a little scared of you. I'm like, right. why? What did I do? Yeah. Well, it was just the way that you laughed made them feel they were going to get killed. I'm right. like cool <laughs> like, yeah. what do i do about that yeah you know? how can i use that i'll <laughs> yeah. play a killer right yeah. i ended up being only bad guys for the last 10 years of my career don't go anywhere we'll be right back but anyway i would go in and i would kind of hunch over so i'd look shorter or yeah. i'd stand with my legs slightly apart or just like because i didn't want to be intimidating and it's just a size thing and then i would walk around in streets i would go to like when I was a basketball player, I would go to like, you know, China and Korea and Japan and I would be like, you know, heads above people and I was loving it. I was like, oh, this is great. I feel like a god. This is amazing. And I come to like, you know, America, you know, it's like and everybody's, you know, pretty big, but 
we're still big. Yeah. We're wide. I, I went shopping in Manhattan Beach this weekend. Uh, one store on the whole strand had double X. Right. And I'm like liking double X, but I could fit a triple X if I want to. Sure. You know what I mean? So uh, shopping is like a whole different, you know. I mean, it's sure it's weird, this. but it's better. Like, listen, in fairness, when I was growing up, I couldn't buy like underwear and T-shirts at a Target. I can now. I couldn't do that. And and like I say, I can now. Like this is living with your family or when you were alone. Just both. Yeah. I'm saying when I was much bigger, yeah, there were no sizes. Like, by the way, I was probably triple X when I was 13 years old, and that didn't exist outside of specialty stores. Any Walmart has triple X t-shirts in it now. Right. Probably even bigger than that. And now we have online. Everything's delivered. It's yeah. a lot easier for people. But I have a question. This is the other question I was okay. going to for you. Give me a typical meal when you were a day, a day of your food intake. Right. Calorie-wise and, wh and what you would eat when you were at your biggest. I have no idea what the calories are because okay. I don't eat this kind of food anymore so right. i'm not, I'm not like hamburgers or right i mean french fries listen i eat hamburgers now i love a hamburger now now a protein wrap kind of style thing? no a hamburger for me today okay looks like this um i love uh this company trifecta 99 percent of what i eat comes from trifecta it's amazing trifecta where are they based I have, no, I have no idea, okay. but they ship me in a cooler, all my meat, uh, a bunch of carbs, a bunch of veggies. I, it's, I, I, I tend to supplement carbs a little bit because the same carbs all week will start grating on me. Yeah. So I don't get all my carbs from them. I don't get all my veggies. Some of my veggies I want to have raw or fresh, right? But I would say 99.9% .9 of my meat comes from this company, Trifecta. They have bison patties. So I'll take a bison patty, throw it on either um, uh, Schmidt's 647 diet bread or get... Um, or wheat extra sour rye bread. Ex or wheat extra. You're not a cauliflower guy? Cauliflower crust stuff? No. You don't like it? I mean, I just don't I just don't go that deep on caring. Right. Or wheat extra sour rye bread. Cut it in half. The, a piece of bread has 80 calories and 15 grams of carbohydrates. You cut it in half, you've got a sandwich. It's one piece of bread. Right. And I'll put that with my bison patty, a little sugar-free. Heinz makes sugar-free ketchup. I didn't know that. It's fantastic. A little uh, French French's mustard or... No cheese? I don't mess with cheese. I will say I occasionally have a slice of fat-free cheese. Mm -hmm. Doesn't taste great. It's no, not the yeah, best thing. No, but it's it's a really good buffer if you know if you want to put your elbows on the table and not get them, right? Yes. Yeah. I lived in France for a year doing a series, so oh, I wow. fell in love with, with cheese. cheese. Yeah. I did live. First, I want you to answer this, this sure. the question about what oh, your yes. food was like when you were. I mean, really, I would wake up and make um, a giant coffee with, which was probably half milk, but I'm talking like 32 ounces mm -hmm. of coffee with milk and sugar, right? And I wouldn't eat anything right away. The majority of my eating would come before I went to bed. And I would go 
on my way home to I knew where all the 24-hour drives drive-through drive-throughs were and uh, even the ones that weren't open 24 hours but like open till 4 a.m. like Astro Burger on Melrose and Gower amazing open till 4 a.m. I you know I this was 25 30 years ago I have no idea if any of those still exist anymore but I'm sure if I decided to I could figure it out in a day but I would get so much food I would get three three cheeseburgers fries chicken strips you know a gyro sandwich Astro Burger had gyro sandwiches so you could get a burger and a gyro sandwich I was getting uh, veggie dogs at Astro Burger thinking I was like being healthy and turkey burgers thinking I was being healthy you know like craziness like that where you're like I'm just gonna eat six veggie dogs it's vegetarian I must be losing weight it's gotta be something right you know going to Carl's Jr. and getting the chicken club sandwich because I thought it was healthy. Meanwhile, it's got Swiss cheese, mayonnaise, and bacon on it, right? So what are you saving because the chicken is grilled? So bacon, meat candy, right, Yeah, is really bad. I mean, I don't like to say things are good or bad. I don't believe really in good or bad. We could get into this. I know you have some Uh, very strong feelings on good or bad, which is fine, and I don't mean to offend you. I'm a Diet Coke drinker. I I like Diet Coke, too. Six a day, and I was the Diet Coke guy when I had a ripped body. I was the guy in the commercial, Yeah, and I still drink it to this day, Yeah, and I still love it. And it's like my one thing going, I don't know to this day if it's healthy or not. I just know that... If, if I'm going to have a vice, That's I don't it. smoke. Yeah. I don't drink hard liquor. Yeah. You know, I don't do drugs. Yeah. I ain't Diet Coke. Right. I, I drink I coffee black, this. though. That is my one thing. When my wife and I go to a bar, which is so unbelievably rare, and my wife, my wife had this funny experience um, over the past, we live on the east side, and she would go into these, we would go, like, we're trying to be cool into these east side bars, right? And um, she would very embarrassingly order something called an old maid. And, like, <laughs> I know it. And yeah. she would be, like, bashful about it and feel like, I wish it was named something else. Nobody knew this drink on the east side, right? And she would then be frustrated and explain it to them. And they'd go, oh, yeah, I know that drink. Okay. And she was, like, finally said to somebody... If you know the drink, what do you call it? And they were like, it's called an East Cider. And so this was a huge relief to her because she felt like we're the oldest people at this bar, always, clearly, right? And that's probably not true, but that's how we felt. You know, I've been sober for a long time. Like, I have no business in a bar. Point is, I would always go and get a Diet Coke. And this would be like my experience with a cocktail. Like, I'm going to have a Diet Coke. I might have a slice of lime. And I'd feel like some, (laughs) because we don't really have it in our house. Um, I, I don't think one way or the other, whether I, I don't think about diet Coke as like, you know, there's people who really think like diet Coke is poison and that's fine. And then there's other people who will say like, there's nothing wrong with diet Coke. If it was left up to me, like my base instincts, I could drink only diet Coke. Yeah. And then I've read some things where there's issues with kidney stones associated with drinking too much soda. So I go like, I really don't want that. And if I'm drinking Diet Coke, I'm not drinking just water. And I would like to drink water and mm-hmm. and know like it might be placebo. I don't know. But I like feel somehow better if if I spend the day. Plus, there's a lot of caffeine 
in Diet Coke. I, I, I seem to thrive on caffeine. And I mean, you have Nicorette over there. Yeah. And it, isn't I there caffeine thrive. in that? No. Nicotine. It's a whole other drug. I thought there was caffeine in it, too. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. If there is. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I but I was going to say, so my son, who's 10, yeah. is, um, he really gives me a hard time about drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. And he's never, ever, ever fast food. That's not his thing. Right. He's super, he takes one, he's 10. And I, I mean, this isn't for, I don't know where he gets it. He reads it, I guess. He's, by the way, he's a, like Mensa genius. So I don't, yeah. he's my teacher. He takes the top of every hamburger off. So he just eats you know, he just likes he just likes to have one piece of bread. Yeah. He feels it's too much food. Right. And he never gets through it. The the issue is for me is like I go, like, don't be so strict. You know, don't you want ice cream? Dad, I don't eat ice cream, you know that. And I said, <laughs> Well, he'll eat gelato, which has just as much sugar, but he read that ice cream was bad somewhere. Yeah. And he's I what I'm saying where I'm going with this is that kids and by the way, last year when he was nine, his checkup appointment with the doctor, he was exactly the same weight he is now even though he's three inches taller wow as he is this year and so i was concerned about that so i actually called his doctor and said you know what i want to talk about this he said well you know it's 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 okay like he's healthy everything's fine you know and you know he was with us in mexico on the movie and so he was away for a long time and he came back so maybe he lost some weight traveling with us but it's but don't point. kids grow that way? They grow tall and wide. And but I was more concerned wide. about was that he's so strict. Right. And I'm like, is it healthy? Is it healthy that he's that conscious at 10 of what he's putting in his body? And why shouldn't he be? Yeah. Why shouldn't he be informed? Why shouldn't he be making good decisions, you know? He's a kid. He'll have some, you know, candy here and there and do his thing. So I, I just got over-concerned that he, I was, in his mind I was he was creating for himself this idea that he had to look a certain way. And he said, it's not about the looks, Dad. Because yeah. I talk to him. Yeah. So we really talk. Like the way you and I talk. I sure. talk with my son. Like, I know. Grill him. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? And, and he said, no. It's, he goes, I just want to be healthy. And I was like... I, I've had similar concerns. I had my oldest daughter, um, I think when she was like 12 or 13, made the announcement that she was straight edge. Your kids are so smart. Yeah, okay. Some of them. They're, they do fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice conversation. Yes. Um, my wife um, drinks, and I don't. And my kid made this announcement, I'm, gonna, I'm straight edge. I'm never going to drink or do drugs. And I was kind of like of the same mindset that you are of like, ah, do you need to be that extreme? There's a reason that I don't drink. And, mm-hmm. and like... Uh, your mom seems to be fine. Like you're probably not going to inherit this from me because I'm not actively drinking around you. Right. I think that whether it's biological or heritable by association or influence, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's some evidence of that too. Like if you're around something, you can pick up those traits. Um, I don't know which is absolutely valid or not, but like, I'm not, a practicing alcoholic in front of you, right? I, and I don't even talk about it to them that much, but like this idea that my kid was going sober before she'd had alcohol scared me in the same way that you're talking about with your son. Cut to she's in like her second year of college. Meanwhile, I have another kid who was like, uh, I'm not going to be sober. And we were like, okay, great. Well, like, let's be responsible about this. Um, and she was, and it was okay. But my oldest kid then at college, uh, 
brought up like I think I'm not going to be sober anymore and then I had another fear of like well Jesus is this repression is this past repression or extreme side of like denial but maybe you're not maybe it's just a decision like I thought it was going to whip around and be out of hand and then it wasn't and it was fine you know we do this don't we we overthink for them you know we forget that we went through phases of stuff that was super strict and I'm going to be, a, you know, this and I'm going to be a professional. This and I'm, It's like, and then we go, oh, maybe I'm not. Right. You know, it just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. But there's also this term in psychology. I remember when I was in college, I spent far too long in college, believe it or not. But intra-individual variability, the, you know, that the, the and this is probably something really up your alley, which is every single human being is really kind of like, like magnificently different than everybody else. Yeah. Even our chemistry. Yeah. There's change, slight changes. Why are some people this way? Why are some people, why are some people lean towards that or this? So in that, you know, variability factor, I think that, you know, I, I'm okay with my son kind of like being as independently intellectual or independently, you know, taking chances in, that could be maybe a little bit scary, maybe a little bit. Not. I kind of want him to fail. Because I think that's the great, you know, that's the great mentor of life. And so I kind of like, whatever he's into, I kind of go, yeah, cool, do it. Yeah. You know, like, if you don't want to do that, don't do it. You yeah. know, I don't care. Or even if he I'm said, I don't want to go to school mindset. today. I'd say, yeah. yeah, don't go today. We'll do something fun. Dude, that's been another issue with my kids. My my older kids, when they were little, little kids, I was driving them to school one day. And, and as we were like a couple blocks away, I said, you know what, guys? We're not going to school. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> and I was That's so awesome. excited because this was like, as a kid, I wished, can my parents yeah. just do something like that? Take me somewhere I, that, you know, and my kids were like, no, we have to study. We, we have work to do at school. Right. We need to go and do it. And I was so crushed by this. Like, well, then I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't want to go. Like, and I almost had this moment of like, I'm going to make you go to Disneyland. Oh, my God. You know, and I didn't because then I would have just been resentful the whole time that they weren't enjoying it, you know, or something stupid like that. Um, uh, and then I had uh, my youngest. I did finally um, pull it off where it was like after some break I forget how old she was but there was like a spring break and it somehow she was going back to school on a Tuesday not a Monday like school resumed on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever it was I told her school resumed the day before and she was like okay and uh then I woke her up that morning and told her to get ready for school. She got ready for school. We had breakfast at the house. We got in the car. So everything was as though we were going to school. And as we were driving to school, I said, you know what? Let's go to Disneyland. And she was the one who was like, yes, really? She was oh, crying. Nice. She was like, you're lying. You won't take me to Disneyland. I can't believe you'd do this to me. And then I took her to Disneyland. And she doesn't even know that she didn't actually play hooky from school. <laughs> that was your... <laughs> yeah, That's just, you know diabolically perfect yeah it's i was great. like no no matter what if she doesn't want to go to disneyland she can't I love how much you love that connection that you've had with your kids though but i must say you know to to, to bring down the big uh, hammer on this you if you hadn't you know sat in romania and had those reflective moments forget about having kids you may not even be here i don't know i don't think there's any way i'd be here 
There's no way I'd be here. I was very, very unhealthy. But look at the columns, like the column of either I continue like this and die, <laughs> and or I have a relationship with children. I have a podcast that's kicking butt. I'm friends with Paul Johansson. Yeah. All the good stuff that's in the list over here now. Like you're and, and what was the what was the real sacrifice that you gave up? You gave up not eating everything you want whenever you want. Right. That's the only thing you gave up. Yeah. That's it. That was it. I mean, I think, I think anybody can make that decision based on any circumstances in their life. I do believe that. I do not believe that anybody requires a significant other or the right relationship with a friend. I don't. I do think it's super helpful to have somebody in your life that you can be accountable to. And I was able to be accountable to my wife, um, which I don't know how to get around that for yeah. for people who who don't have that, you know. Well, a lot of times they think that the big changes in life, we always say it has to come and hit rock bottom, but I don't believe that. Okay. I still think you can make big changes in your life as you feel the free fall. Yeah. Going, I, I need to pull a parachute, man. Yeah. You know, I think you, you don't have to hit rock bottom to make the big change. Well, I think you're right because I I think, I mean, look, in that analogy, I like the rock bottom idea simply because at whatever point that you turn around, that was the floor, right? But I think for real, the rock bottom is really death. And so there's no change there's no pulling yourself out of that other than the anomalies who come back after being dead, which is something that we don't have to like try to examine or figure it's out. It's a different right? podcast. It's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miami medium or Long Island medium or something. Okay. We talk about that. Well, he died for a minute. Let's talk to him. And when he comes back, we'll be yeah. better. Um, but so I, I think to some degree you're right. What At whatever point you make the change, that can be your rock bottom or Thank God I'm not dead and incapable of making a change now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, the real, the real, my real challenge and my frustration is, is the huge swings that I go through. Yeah. You know, right now I'm I'm heavier. We we did three months in Mexico. I got COVID. I was in a hotel room for two and a half weeks. You know, um, literally eating anything I wanted because i was just didn't know if i was going to die or not i was really bad you know i had had a very bad um i I gotta say i don't know how you did that i mean i you were sick so maybe that i'm alive because i was vaccinated right i have history as respiratory illnesses i've been hospitalized seven times the worst uh seven times with pneumonia so i have a propensity for pneumonia since as a little boy i've gotten really sick i was in africa in 1990 Eight, I think it was 98, 98. I just finished doing a series in Paris for a year. I got pneumonia in Paris. I flew to South Africa to go diving with my buddies with the great white sharks in Durban, South Africa. So we landed in Joburg, was feeling terrible, flew to D- Durban the night before, or the, the night before we were going to go uh, on the boat with the sharks with my two buddies. Um, there was gurgling in my lungs, just this gurgling. I was like, God, I feel terrible. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I'm going to be underwater for like, you know, three dives tomorrow. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I could barely breathe. And, you know, I pulled out. 
I said, look, I, 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 we paid for this trip. We've flown there together. These are my best friends from high school. And I couldn't do it. And so they went down with the Sharks, and I went to the hospital. Wow. And I was in the hospital for six weeks. Wow. Yeah. It was really bad. I double lob lobular pneumonia. Both lungs were filled. And they were, the, the, what they called them was um, sisters instead of nurses. In the, in the uh, hospital in Cape Town where I went to, they put me on this table with warm, wet towels, flipped the table over with me, strapped in with a bucket underneath, and slowly slapped my back for half an hour as the pus and blood came out of my lungs oh. in the bucket, which they would empty every day, and then the next day they'd do it again. And they, it was intubated at one time. I was They were sucking it out to keep me alive. And they said, at one point, they said to me, it's time to tell your family. Wow. Have them come say goodbye. So I called my parents. You know, you know, they're... I'm dying. Like, I'm going to die from pneumonia. By the way, Jim Henson died of pneumonia at 42. Right. People die of pneumonia all the time. It's very difficult. I think it's one of the, it's like the third biggest killer it's in America. A chronic lower respiratory infection right. kills a ton of people. It, and it's and it, it's literally you're drowning in your own um, phlegm. Yeah. You know, it's, well, I'm not phlegm. I mean, I'm not a doctor and I don't want to. Whatever the fluid is. Whatever the fluid is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's full of bacteria and it's awful and you can't get it out because it's in the very small. So then alveolar. COVID is legit scary for you. And I got it. Yeah. And I was vaccinated twice. And thank God I was because I had some resistance to it really taking hold. And when I knew I had COVID, it was the night before I was laying in bed and I thought I'd pull the muscle in my back. I was like, oh God, I pulled the muscle. And I always pull muscles in my back because of my body size and my weight. And if I'm not lifting enough and I'm so, I was like, oh, I've been lifting, I've been sick and I've been working on this movie. And now I've, and I pulled the muscle and I got to fly in an airplane in two days. Oh my God. And um, it was so bad and painful that I was like, I was, almost crying in my bed go god this is a bad one i can't even breathe i couldn't breathe it hurt every time i went out it the doctor came the next day before he even he said so what are your symptoms i said well he did my temperature and he said he goes oh well you have covid i said what are you talking about i have a muscle pull he goes no no it's covid i said well then why is my back hurt so much he goes your lungs have nowhere to go. They're so inflamed. They're pushing against your rib cage and your back and there's nowhere for them to go. This is this is covid and it's you've got it and right. it's bad and he goes we, we probably need to put you in a hospital i kind of resisted the hospital thing because no disrespect to anywhere i just felt more comfortable saying well let's see where it goes from here you know my oxygen levels were high enough don't go anywhere we'll be right back so he gave me steroid injections for seven days in a row she did the doctor and it immediately alleviated the pain in my back and then it was just about battling the disease which four or five six days into it you kind of are, don't know which way it's going to go because COVID can alleviate its symptoms with all the ways that you because what you do is you fight the symptoms you don't fight the disease right. right so all the drugs that they give you to keep you feeling good don't help you fight off the disease yeah perhaps the monoclonal antibodies that they gave me did which may have helped a little bit but it was late you know, they gave him three days into the symptoms, which you need to get them right away. You need to get that in, like, at the minute. Uh, and so, um, you know, the battle was hard, and I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't talk on the phone. And, you know, I random people calling my phone somehow, you know. Somebody got it out that I had it, and I was, like, you know, bombarded, and I stopped picking up my phone. But, you know, the producers were great. They took great care of me. They sent the doctors, and they, you know, had, you know, the hotel staff and production staff in the hotel and the doctor they moved into the hotel 
wow. to take care of me and several other people uh, that had got it. I want to say that sounds awful, and I don't mean to make light of it, but all I meant was oh. <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I, I can't, like, just the hell of eating room service for two weeks. And you know the hotel. Well, I <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, <laughs> different countries have different rules. The rule that was in place yeah. when we arrived is you have to quarantine in your room for 24 hours. That's right. We did that. Yeah. Yes. And that was the worst 24 hours of the entire three <laughs> months for me. And that then you had to do two weeks of it. I was like, yeah, whoa, how... Yeah. That's hell. Well, the first I mean, week I barely ate, and then I started to get an appetite. Right? right. And that's when I knew I was getting better. Yeah. You always know you're getting better when you get hungry. Sure. Right? Yeah. Your buddy's saying, hey, I'm fixing stuff that's broken. I need some more. Yeah, 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 fuel. yeah. Yeah. You know. I've heard about um, the Australians have to uh, do two weeks of quarantine no matter how. That's right. The, no matter how, if they're sick, if they're not sick, vaccinated, not Like, there's no, you. if you want to fly into Australia. I did the same thing in Canada last year. Two weeks. Two weeks. Couldn't leave the. Couldn't leave the house. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, I just want to respect the the laws they put. Of in course, place, you know? so no, of it. course. I, I, I was at my sister's house. I'm not and going the to cooking Canada was great. or Australia. That's all. <laughs> you know. And my sister's like, you know, she's, you know, she drinks good wine and the food was good. Right. Oh, <laughs> but you could quarantine in her house. I was, yeah. When you fly, you don't have to quarantine. I, I stayed at my sister's upstairs of her house. She sort of. You know, left me up right. there and, and sort of would Australia, drop off food. They go to a hotel, and there are military watching that they don't like open the window. That's their quarantine. That's a really strict. Quarantine. And how many cases do they have in Australia? I, I mean, nothing like here. Right. So maybe it's working. You know. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's working. I, I'm. I, I don't want to say anything <laughs> too crass. I, I'm glad I don't live in Australia. I would move to Australia tomorrow. Really? I love them. Yeah, I think they're amazing people. As a Canadian, I kind I of love feel like they're too. my brothers. You know? I love Australians. I love Australia. Yeah. Um, that Blue Forest and oh, Bondi fantastic. Beach. I, my brother and I rode amazing. our bicycles. I do this every year before pilot season. Well, it used to be pilot season. My brother and his best friend ride across continents on their bicycles. Wow. They carry their backpacks, their food, water purifiers. We, we camp. And we rode from Brisbane to Melbourne on our bicycles See, four dude. weeks and camped the whole way. Slept on the beach. You're a maniac. Oh, a lot of shit trying to kill you in Australia. Out, yeah, out but let me like tell that. you something. You know, like I said, and I, my son is way more conservative than me. Yeah. I'm an out there dude. I go hiking by myself, you know, in the mountains right. all the time. I do it in Canada. I do it here. I just want that feeling that. If you've ever been in a fight, like a fight with just you and another guy, yeah. like in the ring when I started like boxing when I first got to L.A., I really wanted to fight Golden Gloves. Nobody, in, in basketball you've got four other guys to help you and you've got, in every other sport, but when you're boxing and you're in there and you're, and you're just pounding each other, nobody can jump in and help you. I like the idea that i got to reach down somewhere that's just mine and go, I'm not going to give up. That's how I feel. Like when I'm on the bike going through uh, the worst, you know, um, heat wave in Australia they've ever had on the, you know, riding in with my brother. And it's like, we have to camp in this. We have to eat in this. We have with to all the water. deadliest snakes and with spiders. spiders and, that, and, and we've got and mosquitoes and, those, and our bikes got like 50 pounds of gear on it. And all you're doing is listening to a podcast on like the life of like, you know, um, 
uh, one of the you know, you know great American railway founders I was listening to. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and you just like, and you just going, this hurts. This is so painful. I'm down now. I'm down forty pounds. We're four weeks in. I'm dehydrated, and I know in my head I go, when I get back to LA, I'll be skinny. Yeah. <laughs> when I get back to LA, I'm gonna look skinny. I'm gonna get a job. I'm yeah. gonna get on the series. Yeah, that's the. I mean, listen. I think, but but if that's if if that if that is what it takes, then that is what it takes. I hate that. That's what it takes for me. You know, extreme. There's a bike ride that my brother keeps telling me to do. I ride from L.A. to San Diego. You can do it in three days. So on a bike, usually an hour in a car is a day on a bike when you're touring. That's okay. how that's how we kind of measure it. Like Listen, that's the distance. you could do L.A. to San Diego in a lot less than three days. Well, I, comfortably for me. Okay. Because my hips are replaced. Sure, sure. So I can't really kind of pound. And I don't need to bring as much gear as I do on a long tour like we did in you know, like New Zealand or Australia or somewhere else. Yeah, it's like I could stay in hotels. Yeah. Actually, I could, you know. Nice hotels. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, but it's a nice ride. And if you're on the saddle, uh, on eight hour, nine hour stretches, I mean, even if you're pedaling slow, you're burning and burning calories. Yeah. You know, and you can eat. You know, I mean, you can have a. I mean, I try not to carbo load too much because I want to lose the weight. But how much weight can you lose in three days? It's a lot of water. Wait, but are you trying to do something like this for weight loss? I'm doing it. Mentally, because I want to constantly challenge myself because I don't want to get lazy in life. Like, I've always dreamt of like making, building an empire, like having everything, you know, a production company and a life and all this stuff, and then just giving it away yeah. and starting over to see if I could do it. Okay. You know, I feel the same way about like, I, I love the challenge of like no support net, no safety net. Here's the thing three days of cardio. You're gonna lose a ton of water. Water, yeah. It's not gonna be sustainable. It's not gonna be mostly fat loss. I mean, you will for sure lose some it's fat. Glycogen, right? Glucose. Uh, glucose and water. Yeah. And water. Yeah. I, I mean, if if you're looking for weight loss, if you want to lose, you could lose twenty pounds in three days. I could lose twenty pounds in three days. I'm sure I weigh more than you. I could probably lose more than twenty pounds in three days. It's not weight that I'm gonna keep off but it's psychologically you can walk around and know i rode my bike to san diego from la how many yes. people have done that that's no where the i'm not is. trying to talk you out of doing oh no i like I to think, win yes you know? no 100 i want to climb shasta i want to climb some mountains in california i just want to do it i want to do kilimanjaro yes no i i am not trying to talk you out. I, I love it i think you should yeah. ride your bike to san diego i wouldn't do it with the goal of weight loss. That's all. It's I'm a good Kickstarter like, when you want to get into stuff. Totally. Great Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk you out. I think you should do it. I think you should climb Shasta. I think you should do all I of these things. I wasn't suggesting okay, that I'm going to go I got loose. scared that you were like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to ride to San Diego. And I'm going like, okay, let's figure this out. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. wasn't meaning to say that that was my weight loss um, routine was to go to San Diego. Okay. My, my if I didn't say that, what I meant was, um, it's, it's, it's the same mentality of just of going in the ring. Yeah. You know, of going in on and taking a, a, a solo journey in the mountains. It's, um, it's kind of like that, that, that feeling, yeah. you know, where you want to feel the adrenaline of like, you know, what are we, what are the winds living in? You know, we live in LA. Right. You know, what are the wins? You know, another get my son to school ride. on time. That's yeah. a win. Totally. I love, <laughs> I love all these wins. Another gnarly ride is to Vegas and it's 
miserable and I was not beautiful. Say, that's a real. It's a it's a gnarly, ugly, yeah, hot, hot, dry. I know dirty what. Ride. Do you just take the ten? Is that the Whole, one? Ten to the fifteen, 10 to or 15. something like that. Yeah. Can you ride on the? You can. You can ride on the on the median. I didn't know you could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, I saw Forrest Gump. I think you're right. Yeah, was he? He ran. He <laughs> jogged it. Yeah. yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, Paul, yeah. thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah, it it was it went really fast. And thank you for um, for sharing your 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 stuff. I was really curious about those questions. I was, yeah, I always wanted to ask you. Uh, if you do one of these extreme ri- ridiculous things, will you come back and talk about it? I'd love to. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right, buddy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A. Here's a question from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Ethan. You often talk about how difficult it is to find something healthy at a gas station. Do you ever consider low-carb protein bars or muscle milk as healthy when traveling on the road? Hell yeah, all the time. I actually... um uh well low carb i don't know does that mean it's high in fat i don't really like anything high in fat um but there are these over the counter uh, not over the counter ready-made drinks they sell in a gas station i recently um had some work in new mexico and uh and i flew back and we had to go to lax because Burbank. I don't know if anybody, this is not going to mean anything to anybody who doesn't live in Los Angeles, but we have a, a really quaint airport called Burbank, Bob Hope airport in Burbank. And it's like a dream. It's like you're, you know, it's one step away from having your own plane and flying (laughs) out of an FBO somewhere privately. It's true. Yeah. And it's never too crowded. People are nice. TSA is nice there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have LAX, which is as though it's one of Dante's rings of hell. <laughs> and and you go there and it's just total chaos. And now half of the parking lots are being having construction done on them. So you can't even park. Like I took a kid, a, one of my kids was flying somewhere and I like, you know, Wanted to walk her to the gate, which you can do. You can get one of those fake tickets and they let you through and you mm-hmm. walk them to the gate. There's no, there's nowhere to park. Yeah. You can't park yeah. there. And so LAX is a nightmare. So I flew back from New Mexico and you have to fly to LAX. I don't know why. Or you have to like take multiple planes, which is a nightmare. Um, and then I was like, this sucks. So this is like the most logaria to get to the point, which is I just recently did a road trip to New Mexico and back. And at the gas stations, I was like, I'm going to check this out. Now I brought food with me. Um, but I just still, I mean, it was like mostly boredom where I'm getting gas. I'm stretching my legs. And then you go like, I'm going to walk around a little bit. And then you're like, I'm going to walk around in the store and see what they have. And, you know, Navajo, Arizona, or New Mexico, I think it, it, that whole region is both Arizona and New Mexico. And I'm going to see what kind of treats they have in here and if there's anything. And there there was stuff. Like, uh, I think I got a Quest bar in one of them, and I ate that. I'll eat stuff like that. There's a bar by a brand. I, I don't know what the... It's called Pure Protein. It's not Pure Protein. 
It's also carbs and a little bit of fat, but that's not bad. Um, in a real pinch, I'll eat one of those um, uh, builder bars, I think they're called, yeah. by by the, I don't know who makes it, yeah, them. Yeah, you know I, I know I exactly mean. what you're talking about, yeah. Who makes them? I think Cliff Bar makes builder bars, mm-hmm. and that's like a... Um, a bill, a uh, Cliff Bar with more protein that doesn't quite taste as good as a Cliff Bar. Cliff Bar is like really just a candy bar, let's be honest. But it, like, if you're backpacking somewhere, it's a good thing to throw that in your pocket, a Cliff Bar, and it's a good source of energy right there, I think. So, yeah, I'll eat that stuff. Sure. Yeah. And you can just look at the labels and get something I would say as close to what you're I, well, needing, right? Well, I look and I go, what has the highest protein? And then, um, if the next highest thing is fat, I'll probably pass on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want the carbs to be higher than the protein. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically how I do it. I'm not going to pick up a bar that has 500 calories in it. I want to get something that's like no more than 250 or 300 calories. Yeah. I just want to say. He mentioned muscle milk. I, oh, I've yeah. not messed around with muscle those milk. Those drinks. I don't know about those drinks. I do know that... Um, You're going to have to cut this part out, Scott. Jake Steinfeld? Body by Jake? Body by Jake. Well, hold on. I'll look up. Steinfeld. I think that's right. Yeah. Should I double yes, check? Because he's the uncle of Haley Steinfeld. That's her name. Is right? he really? I think so. So I do know that Jake Steinfeld has made a drink called Don't Quit. I've had those. though The nutrition um, in those is really great. And so I've had those. I don't know exactly where you get them or if you order them, but Don't Quit are good drinks. Um, I haven't ever had muscle milk. I want to say there's, um, I don't know, there's a health and fitness expert named Bill Phillips. He wrote Body for Life and um, created EAS and metrics back in the day and is used to always have the most amazing products with like the highest quality ingredients. And I know he has something called Bill Phillips, right? Is that a drink? It's, he has drinks. I don't know what other things, but I, I think, um, has drinks as well. And those were always really like high quality. I feel like we've moved a little bit off track here because he's not asking us what we would get at a GNC. He's right. asking us what we would get gas at a gas station. station. Got it. Sorry. That's what happens when I talk too much. So, I will eat stuff. You know what I'm always looking for uh, that a lot of gas stations have? Fruit. They'll often have bananas and apples. Um, and occasionally you'll find some deli meat and I'll, I'll eat that. I, I don't like to eat that very much, but I will. Sounds good. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my gas station menu. Love it. If you have a question that you'd like Ethan to answer, please email it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 